0: Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of the Roundball Roundball podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Forge. follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA, NBA. You could also check me on Instagram as well. Check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at SportsEthos, online SportsEthos.com. Don't know how to spell it? I got you. S-P-O-R-T-S-E-T-H-O-S fantasy basketball is here and so is the sports ethos draft guide all the content you need to get ahead on your fantasy league is there so definitely make sure to tune in on that as well as of course the content that they have aside from that including you know work from yours truly so again one more time SportsEthos.com on twitter at sports ethos y'all we are entering day three of nba basketball crazy to think that um waited so long all season felt like forever this year and all of a sudden boom 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 here we have all the games so we're gonna recap them get you set up for tonight's action and yeah we're just kind of, kind of go from there excited to definitely rock it here with you first solo episode here of the 2023 2024 season and so we gotta start on the 24th that was Tuesday. That was opening night. Not official opening night. I tend to think that the league passed opening night, where basically every other team minus two plays, I think that's like the official opening night. But we had two games on Tuesday, the 24th. We already know from the last episode Lakers versus Nuggets, which was ring night for the Champs. Of course, you had the banner going up. The Lakers all offseason, you know, having to live in that sweep, reloading. Are they better? Are they able to play? You know, match up with the Nuggets. We'll talk about that in a second. And then, of course, the Suns you know, going all in on their big three of Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal, one of whom did not play that game. Uh, Meanwhile, the Warriors end up picking up one of the Suns' castaways in Chris Paul as they reload to try to go back and get another ring with an old vet timeline. Like, forget the whole two-timeline stuff. They went all in on the old. So they matched up in a fun game. So we'll start with those two, then go down the line with the rest of these games here. Start with the Lakers and Nuggets. Just going to let you know right now, this game had a total feel, a total feel, of a game five of last year's western conference finals like there wasn't a whole lot different there to be fair you know you had a new addition in, for the lakers and torian prince who played quite well uh he had four uh, 18 points on six to eight shooting four six from three anthony davis looked good all in the first half but he had 17 points again all in the first half along with eight rebounds and four assists knocked down a three he looked good and then lebron lebron did lebron things 21 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 10 of 16 shooting. Every time he went to the lane, he looked like he could not be stopped. Unfortunately, neither could Nikola Jokic in the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, ended with, and I'm going to let you know this right now, the most casual triple-double I've seen in a long time. 29 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. Like, he didn't even shoot that great from the field. I mean, yes he did, but not for his standards. Just 12 of 22 from the field. 3 of 5 from 3. But he could not be stopped. Uh, He was making AD look like AD wasn't a defender. And that was AD's arguably one of the best defenders in the in the league. Top five for certain. I'd say top three. Then he ain't three. But that besides the point, it didn't really matter against Jokic. She might as well have just been any other player. And let me tell you, that didn't help when AD was out because then it became any other player. <laughs> and also I think the Lakers just in general can't defend the Nuggets. Like the Nuggets are they aren't a rival for this Lakers team. I'm gonna say this right now. I think the Nuggets are a measuring stick for this Lakers team. Because against denver the lakers can either score consistently or defend consistently but they can't do both it's not something that you see happen it didn't happen in this game either the nuggets went on a huge run in the first half led by 14 the first quarter rather um lakers would come back nuggets would come back and and and, and, and lakers had to come back and chip away nuggets would come back again like i said nuggets fed off the emotion they had an early 18 point lead ebb and flow all throughout the game lakers got within three points in the fourth quarter but honestly Nuggets controlled the whole game. Aside from Jokic's triple-double, Jamal Murray had 21 points, Contavious Caldwell-Pope scored 20, Aaron Gordon had 15, and Michael Porter had 12 points and 12 boards. Now, all of the Lakers started scoring double figures, but like I said, this wasn't a great Laker game. Uh, The shooting, for one thing, was not something that was really solid. If you look at the stats for the Lakers shooting-wise... I can go from three and let you know. Aside from Torian Prince's four six, LeBron went. Um, LeBron, Torian Prince went four six. DeAngelo Russell went two of five. AD went one of two. Austin Reeves one of two. LeBron went of four. Off the bench, Rui Hachimura, who had a horrible game, shot zero of three from three. He shot three of ten overall. Christian Wood missed the only three. He took. Cam Reddish went one of two. Gabe Vincent missed all four threes. That's that's not gonna do it. Ten to 29 34 percent. Mm, not against the Nuggets team that shot 41% from 3, 52% from the field and 75% from the line. That's just not going to do it. Um and yeah, I just I think that that's something the Lakers have to look at. Like you at this stage of his career, you know, LeBron can guard Jokic for spots, but that's not even really a thing. It's AD, like AD first and foremost. I'm thinking about AD backups, right? LeBron out there, you know, he can defend you probably want him on Aaron Gordon, but then who's chasing Jamal Murray? Because D'Angelo Russell can't do that. He does not had the foot speed for it. Austin Reeves, eh, but still not really. Twain Prince was the man assigned to do that. But then when you do that, you have mismatches on the other side. Now who's guarding Michael Porter Jr.? Contavious Caldwell Pope all of a sudden is going off. Like, the Lakers just have a problem defensively there. And then offensively, they just didn't get enough from their guys. They just didn't happen. Rui Achimura, like I said, 15 minutes of minus six. Ten shots made three. That's not great, you know? Cam Reddish had some good moments. I thought he looked serviceable. But, you know, he didn't give you a whole lot. Seven points, four rebounds. You know, um, and, and that was really kind of Gabe Vincent was your other major bench guy. And with six points and, and, and a rebound and two assists, three, eight from the field, that's not going to cut it either. And then AD, the Lakers have to do something to get Anthony Davis more involved. Because 17 points, like I said, in the first half really got going in that second quarter. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the third and fourth quarters, what, four shots? Missed three bunnies and a three. And that was all, folks, to reference a famous Anthony Davis shirt. That's not going to do it. It just isn't. The Nuggets, man, they rolling. I thought their bench would be a, a, a problem. And, and to be fair, I mean, only Christian Brown and Reggie Jackson got more than 15 minutes off the bench. But Zignazji got some good time. Didn't do a whole lot there, but he did. Reggie Jackson looked good. You know, 8 3 and one's not going to stand out, but he played well with Jokic. He shot the ball pretty decently. And Christian Brown did Christian Brown things, you know? Five points, three rebounds, you know? Had a nice block. Like, the Nuggets are rolling. They, they're just... They're the team to beat. They are the team that Western Conference units should be measuring themselves against. And there really is no conversation about that at all. The Suns and Warriors was a fun matchup for sure. This was actually Kevin Durant's first game back in the Chase Center since 2019. I remember, you had three great scenes with the Warriors, two of them turning out in championships. Um, yeah, this was really something different. Um, I couldn't believe it's been that long, to be honest with you. I'm just not going to lie to you right now. But... He came in, the Warriors had a brief tribute video for him, standing ovation, all the things he deserved. Durant later said it's always gonna be recognized for the work you put in, so exciting to see people I hadn't seen in a while, some familiar faces. I feel like the fan base here got nothing but love and respect for me as an individual player and as a person, that's all I can ask for. End quote. Really good for him to say that. Like really good for him to get the love from the fans. I mean he did bring them rings, right? Or he did help them bring rings. But going to actual game. Suns got away with this 108-104, led by Devin Booker, who was electric. 32 points on, I might add, a pretty efficient 13 of 21 shooting. But what I liked even better was the six rebounds and eight assists, including the go-ahead assist to Yusef Nurkic to really put the game away in the closing seconds. Um, it was a tight game. I liked it. Steph Curry scored 27 points for the Warriors, seven straight early in the third to pull the Warriors within three. Um because they were the Warriors were kind of playing catch up for most of the game but in that third quarter the Warriors went to those third quarter Warriors that we've seen so often in the past they opened the third on a 27 to 5 run while the Suns went two for 14 but ultimately yeah the Suns like I said pulled this out and it wasn't really behind the back of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant as much as it was Devin Booker Kevin Durant played he shot a lot but he did not have an efficient game seven to 22 from the field only took two threes one of two from there, and this is something I'm going to be looking at between Booker, Durant, and Beal. All three of them love the mid-range. All three of them can shoot the three, but not all three of them regularly shoot the three. And for Durant only to get two up, something I'm keeping an eye on. But Durant had 18 points, 11 rebounds, and three assists. Uh, Josh Okoge played really well. 17 points, five boards, loved his activity, loved his defensive tenacity. Seven and nine, Like I said, 7-9 from the field, one of one from three. Really good for him. Yusef Nurkic played well, 14 points, 14 boards. Grayson Allen, I mean, he was there. <laughs> he got some cardio in four rebounds. Uh, didn't make a shot across the board, but the gravity of him being out there did help Devin Booker playing point guard. You know, it did help Kevin Durant. You know, it did help some of these other Suns players that you know aren't used to having to navigate room for themselves or manufacture space for themselves on the offensive end. Off the bench, uh, Utah Watanabe, you know, played decently. Two of four from three, eight points. Eric Gordon did not play well offensively, in my opinion. 4 of 16 from the field, 2 of 9 from 3. You see he's going to be the main gun off the bench for the offense for the Suns. Um, just 10 points. But he had a big 3 as well late in the game. And that was honestly enough for them. Nasir Little came in, 3 minutes, 3 points on a 3-pointer. How you like that? But for the Warriors, yeah. I mean, like I said, it wasn't a great game from 3 for this Warriors team. Uh, just 10 of 43 from 3. That's 23% if you are not counting at home, y'all. Uh, Chris Paul and Andrew Wiggins combined for 0 of 9 from 3. And just eight of twenty-seven from the field, so not great either. Uh, speaking of Paul, his shooting wasn't great, but he actually played decently, in my opinion. Uh, he was able to get to the lane a little bit, looked a little spry, had a nice reverse layup and one where he seemed to have sprained his h- hand or finger, but he had a nice and one layup um, over oh, around Yusef Nurkic. I thought was cool late in the game. He finished with fourteen points, six rebounds, and nine assists. Obviously Curry, who was the main offensive engine. For the Warriors, what's new? 27 points, 5 rebounds, just 1 assist up. Very interesting. And then Klay Thompson, 15 points on 18 shooting possessions, 3 of 11 from 3. Not a great game for him. Speaking of not a great game, uh, Dario Saric, who I think will be a great ad- He's been a great addition for the Warriors, and I think he will continue to be great. But just 7 points, 7 rebounds, 3 of 11 from the field was horrible around 2. Yusef Nurkic, you know, the length of the Suns really bothered him around the basket. 1 of 3 from 3. Uh, jo- Jonathan Kaminga, I thought, played well. Definitely battle foul trouble had five fouls, but twelve points, six rebounds. I thought it was an athletic burst in the front court that the Warriors utilize pretty well and will benefit from. Another guy was really big on Moses Moody. Eleven points in 18 minutes, four or six from the field, two or four from three. I really hope he gets more time. Um, especially at the expense of a guy like Corey Joseph, who came played four minutes and just ran around the court, didn't do anything. How you're minus twelve in four minutes, Corey. I'm just saying. That's what he was. Um, And then Gary Payton, you know, offensively, you know what he brings. Very little. Um, But defensively, the activity, you know, 1.2 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals. That's the sort of game that Gary Payton brings. Uh, Anyway, I mean, aside from that, even with the Warriors shooting as bad as they did from the field, 35%, as bad as they did from 3, 23%, as uncharacteristically bad as they did from the line, 78%, they still had a chance to win this game. But they could not stop Devin Booker, and he's definitely grown his floor game immensely. He made several plays out the pick and roll. I love that you have you know a good shooter um, uh, playing on the weak side. And then you have Booker, who obviously can play off the pick and roll as a scorer or a passer. And then you have a, a dive man or a pop man in Nurkic or Durant. I think that works really well. So I thought that it was a really proven play. Um, and the fact that Booker is able to make plays out of that consistently definitely brings hope. With him playing well together with Durant and with Booker. Although, I do have to say, uh, when it comes to tonight's games... Yeah, no. Um, Booker is the only well, Booker and Beale will not be playing in the Suns next game uh tonight. Or yeah, tonight against the against the Lakers. That's it's not going to be a thing. I just thought I would let you know right now. So yeah. Unfortunate there, but it is a deal. But yeah, let us get on to the rest of the games. And we're gonna actually kinda breeze through the blowouts because honestly, like I said, we've got a lot of games to get through and they're blowouts. So I'm gonna start with the Pacers, who beat the Wizards one forty-three to one twenty. Um, that was a game that was close in the first half, and then the Warriors said, uh, the 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 Pacers said, "Okay, that's enough. Like shut them down." Uh, with the thirty-nine point second quarter, thirty-seven point third quarter. Now, for the record, the Pacers scored thirty points or more in every quarter, where the Wizards put thirty-nine in the first quarter, and then it went down every quarter after that. Uh, looking at the Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton. 20 points, 11 assists, 9 of 16 from the field, solid for him, you had 24 points from Bruce Brown, who made a career-high six threes, came in, by the way, in some overalls, with presumably not a whole lot else under that, which, whatever, I mean, do you, man, but like, different, but then he comes out and knocks down six threes, I'm not gonna say a whole lot, (laughs) you know what I mean, um, really good play for him, um, Tyrese Halliburton, like I said, with his points and assists, great, but he made some sweet dimes as well, um, Miles Turner 11 points, 8 boards. Obi Toppin 11 points, 4 rebounds, knocked down two threes. Ben Matherin 18 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, six to 16 from 6 of 15 from the field. Definitely got the shots up. Um off the bench, you know, Jalen Smith played well. I thought 13 points and 8 rebounds. I'm glad he's getting more run. He seems to be the backup, the primary backup for Miles Turner. Uh 5 of 6 from the field, 2 of 2 from three. Really enjoyed that. Jarec Walker got some rookie minutes, mm, you know, didn't do a whole lot there. Uh But that's fine. Um, Aaron Neesmith, fresh off the fresh contract, 7 points, 5 rebounds, 2 of 5 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3. And then Andrew Nemhart, he was kind of, him and and, and Buddy Hill were the big players off the bench for the Pacers. Nemhart had 12 points, 10 assists, 6 of 9 from the field. That's right. 10 assists plus for both of your point guards, both your starting and your bench point guard. Really, really solid play. While Buddy Hill had 14 points on 5 of 9 shooting and 4 of 7 from 3. For the Wizards. Your high man was Kyle Kuzma at 25 points on 50% shooting, 9-18 from the field, 1-4 from 3, 2 rebounds. Didn't get an assist, really wasn't looking to pass. And, and that's kind of a thing for the Wizards I'm a little bit worried about. Although you had other guys kind of filling the gap a little bit, like Denny Abdija, who had 9 points, 4-8 from the field, knew where his bread was buttered, did not take a 3, but had 7 rebounds and 5 assists. Tyus Jones played solid as he usually does, 16 points, 7-12 from the field, 2-4 from 3, 6 assists as well. And then Jordan Poole divisive performance. 18 points, five assists. Looks okay when you look at just those two numbers. But as always with Jordan Poole, there was a little bit more there behind the numbers. 7-18 from the field. 0-6 from three. Ice cold, you know, as the game continued to go on. Just not very solid there. Um, also, the rotations for the Wizards are kind of weird. Daniel Galinari played 17 minutes as the backup. 5-16 points. 4-7 uh, from the field. 2-2 two two from three. 6-6 six, six from the free throw line. He did that because Daniel Gafford played foul, play, was played with foul trouble all game, Finished a minus 23, mustered up just six points and five boards. Um, Didn't do a whole lot there. Corey Kispert off the bench, had 11, four of 11 shooting. That was kind of it for your Wizards. Not a whole lot going on there. Magic walked all over the Rockets, 116 to 86. Just not even that close. Your leading scorer was off the bench. That was Cole Anthony, fresh off his new contract. He was a plus 17, 20 points, eight rebounds for the little guy there. Big play there. Um, you also had 19 points for Von Wagner. Uh, you had 12 points for Paulo Bancaro and 10 points for Markel Fultz. To start the game, I'm not going to lie, Something seemed like the Magic were like, hey, you know we have all these guards, let's play through them. And it seemed like a lot went through Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs. And not really sure exactly why in Jalen Suggs' case, who was 3 of 12 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, uh, 4 rebounds. But then Markel Fultz as well. But then as the game went on, it felt like, hey, we have two great, all world frontcourt players in Boncaro and Wagner. Let's go to them in Wagner, excuse me, and both played decently well. I mean, Wagner, Boncaro didn't take a whole lot, just three or six from the field, six, seven from the free throw line, five rebounds, five assists, twelve points for him. And then of course Wagner didn't shoot the ball so well, but definitely got the numbers up right off the bench. Jonathan Isaac. Yep, that's not a typo. Jonathan Isaac had a nice dunk, um, made a, a good block on a Jalen Smith jam, Jalen Green jam that he had no business attempting to take, but Jonathan Isaac reminded him that he had no business attempting to take that because he went and blocked that just clean out. It was, it's, it's a nice play. He had 11 points, four rebounds there. Um, aside from him, Joe Ingles played 18 minutes, four rebounds, five assists. Like the old man that he is, Gary Harris had 11 points on an efficient 5 of 8 shooting with five rebounds as well for the Rockets. A lot of misses, just 40% from the field, 35% from three. Not bad, but 62% from the free throw line is not going to win a lot of games. Um, I was really high and, and still high on Jabari Smith Jr. I really thought he would be most improved player of the year this season. Did not come off to that start this first game. 7 points, four, 5 rebounds, 3-9 from the field, 0-4 oh, from 3. Um, another guy who did not do super great, Jalen Green, 10 points on 10 shots. Misses only 3, 1 rebound, didn't get a dime. Aside from that, Fred Van Vliet, who in a 30-point loss was somehow just a minus 3. 14 points, 5 assists, 5-13 of 13 from the field. Alpern Shingun, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Played decently, watched some very good post-up moves, really good passes off of cut action from the Rockets that I enjoyed. Dylan Brooks, 14 points, and officially, 14 points on 5 of 7, shooting 4 of 6 from 3, things you love to see, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists as well. Off the bench, not a whole lot to write, just a bunch of ugly plus-minuses, such as, you know, he's a rookie, but a men thompson had a horrible game, horrible game, minus 34 Overall, looked kind of shook, to be honest with you. 8 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 of 10 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3. Just nothing was going for him. Another guy, another young guy. Don't expect a whole lot so early, but yikes. Cam Whitmore. Minus 12, 0 points, 10 minutes, and not for lack of trying. 0 of 4 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. Just one rebound for the young man. Uh, and that was really it for the best. I'm not even going to lie to you. Jock Lawndale got some time. Uh, Jay Tate got some time. And Jeff Green got some time. But, like, they didn't do anything with that time. A combined 11 points for all of them. So, you know, not not super great there, um, but hey, it's a young season. I do think, though, and might be in the minority, but maybe some of these bad teams that looked intriguing, like, hey, they might be something different. Maybe they're just going to be bad teams. <laughs> like, they're just going to be ugly, bad games, and they might have some good games here and there, and that's not a bad thing. It's just an observation that I may be making for the first time and going, hmm, interesting. Another lopsided victory for one team was the thunders 124-104 shellacking over the chicago bulls um a beating so bad the bulls immediately went to a players meeting after the game i'm not playing with you they immediately did thunder were just too much shea Gildas alexander who could legitimately and I think he will legitimately make some MVP noise this season. 31 points on 12 of 18 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, made all 5 of his free throws, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. The Bulls cannot stop him. There was nobody there who could do anything for him. Like, he just got what he wanted. Um, Josh Giddy, 19 at 16 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 7 of 14 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. Uh, Jalen Williams, sixteen points, three rebounds, and five assists. Knocked down two threes, five eleven from the field. Made all four of his free throws, and then Chad Holmgren, who had a nice little shake and bake jumper for his first points of the game. Later, got crossed up pretty bad by Andre Drummond for the "Welcome in Your NBA" moment. But ultimately, eleven points, four rebounds, three assists, four seven from the field, two of three from three. You like what you see from there, Lou Dort solid as well i mean when you are on a team that gets a beating like that your, your plus plus-minus gonna look pretty great but eight points seven boards two assists two of five from three and then off the bench you know isaiah joe had 14 points five rebounds as well you had 13 points from casein wallace who has not missed a shot in his rookie career in his rookie season yeah i know it's one game but 13 points two rebounds five five from the field three of three from three uzman gang played nine points two boards for him just an all-around balanced game for the Thunder. They could be interesting this season. Like, I thought they were going to be interesting this season, but, like, they could definitely be interesting this season. Um, the Bulls may only be average, maybe. Um, DeMar DeRozan had 20 points on 20 shots, so one of three from three. Um, three being the big thing for the Bulls, which is probably a good thing because for years, everyone's been saying, the Bulls need to take more threes. The Bulls need to take more threes. Well, the Bulls took 42 threes. They made 12, <laughs> so not great, 28%, but they took more. I think everyone on the team that played, um, with one exception, I think it was Julian Phillips, took a three. So, oh, and Andre Drummond, of course, took a three. Everyone else that played took one. Um, But when you have guys like Patrick Williams, who started off the game aggressively, uh, finished with eight points and four assists and three rebounds, but he definitely faded late. He missed all four of his threes. Nikola Vucevic, 11 points, nine rebounds, four assists, one spat off the bench with Coach donovan um and he missed both of his threes and then you had just two of seven for kobe white just two of nine for zach levine not gonna do a lot for you tory craig was nice i think he had a solid game 11 points seven rebounds three of four from three four or six from the field overall but they just didn't have a lot of continuity offensively they had nothing they weren't making a lot of shots it didn't look easy when they got into those shots 41 percent from the field for them kind of denotes a little bit of uh trouble making the ball go into the basket which is unfortunately the primary function of a basketball team to win the game and that was something the bulls that was something the bulls did not do effectively unfortunately um, but yeah i think this was just a good old-fashioned take y'all back beating. that's exactly what happened here um and we'll see what the bulls players only meeting after game one i might reiterate will do for chicago moving forward Yikes! The Pelicans put away the Grizzlies, one eleven to one hundred four, led by a well balanced game by Zion Williamson, twenty three points, seven rebounds, three assists, nine of seventeen shooting. Brandon Ingram chipped in with nineteen points, seven rebounds, and six assists, and there was twenty four points from Cesar McCollum, which is a nice little bounce back on opening night. Twenty four points, four rebounds, six assists on eight of sixteen shooting, six of eleven from the great beyond off the bench. Not a whole lot. Matt Ryan. Came in, knocked down nine nine points on three threes. Um, you had six points from Dyson Daniels, along with five rebounds. And that was enough to outlast the Grizzlies, who did not get a lot from Jaron Jackson Jr., who, despite playing 36 minutes, only ended up with eight points on two of nine shooting, missed every four. One of his five threes, five rebounds, and three assists. You did get 31 points from Desmond Bain, who came in and consistently made shots for Memphis. 31 points, five rebounds, five assists, made half of his threes, four or five from the free throw line. He put in work, for sure. And then 17 points from Marcus Smart, along with three assists. Um, Xavier Tillman also had 17 points along with 12 boards and four assists for him too. Just one of five from three. But the fact that he's taking more threes I think is encouraging. And also the fact that he was able to spread the ball out a little bit more and do some distribution. He was second on the team in assists behind Bain for the game. Not bad at all. But ultimately, Grizzly shot just 12-43 from three. Luke Kennard went 0 for 5. Jake LaRavia 0 for 2. Um, Marcus Smart oh, 2 for 6. I already mentioned Jaron Jackson, 0 oh, for 5, and Xavier Toman 1 for 5. That's not going to get it done. The Grizzlies didn't shoot a heck of a lot better, Um, but they took uh 11 less threes. Or, or not, 11 less threes, yes. So they went 14 of 32, good for 43%, and that was enough to do it. Also, they finished shooting better from the field as well, making nearly 50% of their shots as opposed to the Grizzlies, who barely cleared 40% of their shots. So that was enough for... Pelicans to get the W there. Really hope to see more from Zion moving forward as well. I mean, both of them played, I'd say, decent minutes. Um Herb Jones also didn't even mention him. Thirteen points, eight rebounds, three assists, made four eight from the field, two of three from three. Um, but I definitely think for, you know, Zion's first game back in a while, good start for sure. Kings whooped all up and down the Jazz, beating them one thirty to one fourteen in the game. That wasn't the score, the final score, wasn't as indicative to, as indicative to how the game ultimately went. Um, Kings just went off. They just went off. Um, yeah, it wasn't even that close. Harrison Barnes, thirty-three points on eleven of sixteen from the field, five of seven from three, made all sixes of free throws, four rebounds, two assists. I really thought he was gonna start challenging for his career high. He was on fire consistently, couldn't miss a shot. Um, in the first half, just was. Insane offensively for Sacramento. You had 18 points from Darren Fox, whose shooting numbers didn't look great, but he did a good job as always, moving the ball, getting into the teeth of the defense, making place for others, including a heck of a pass to a Malik Monk, who off the bench didn't have the greatest night: 10 points, seven assists, only 4/12 shooting, two and nine from three. But he straight up obliterated Chris Dunn on a dunk that was electric. I mean, it's literally the first game of the season, and it was such a vicious poster. It'll probably be up for one of the best dunks of the year. I'm calling that right now. It was so good. DeMontis bonus classic game for him. 22 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, uh, one of two from three, eight of 14 from the field. Overall, Kevin Hurdy did not have a great night, seven points on three and nine shooting. And I just want to point this out. Everybody on the Kings roster suited up. Everybody like it was that kind of game. Uh, Sasha Venzikov had uh, 8 points in 16 minutes, uh, 2 threes knocked down as well. JaVale McGee had 8 points, 1 rebound, 1 assist, made every shot he took. Uh, Davion Mitchell had an over, but he did have 3 rebounds and 4 assists. I already mentioned Malik Monk. Chris Duarte had 9 points, 2 rebounds, and an assist, 3 of 5 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. For the Jazz. John Collins had 15 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 assists. Your leading scorer, of course, is Jordan Clarkson, as I imagine he will be for most of the season for Utah. He had 24 points, 4 rebounds, and 6 assists, made half his shots, 8 of 16 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, he played 8 points and 4 assists for him. Uh, Laurie Marker didn't have the most efficient game, 19 points on 16 shooting possessions, but he also had 10 boards as well. And then Walker Kessler, 8 points, 8 rebounds, only one block, surprising to see. Off the bench, not a whole lot going on there. Um Colin Sexton had nine points on nine shots. over 2 from three. Chris Dunn, uh, minus uh 16. He was not great uh, that game. Eight points, one rebound, two assists. Ochoa Gbagi, uh only five points, three rebounds. But he had a heck of a thunderous slam in the game for the Jazz. And then Keontae George, he got some run as well. 19 minutes, he had eight points, two rebounds, and two assists. The Jazz, listen. They are right up next to the team I'm about to talk about here next where, listen, they have some encouraging players that I look forward to watching, but they're going to be a bad team. Like, that's just the long and short of it. It's just going to be what it's going to be, and, and, and what that, what that is, is is not super great. Uh, going to the next team that is also not super great that I'm intrigued by in general is the Portland Trailblazers, who got walloped by the Clippers 123 to 111. Again, final score not as indicative as how the results were. But this was a blowout for the Clippers, and it was early. Um, Clippers jumped out on top. Russell Westbrook got to point him out. He had a heck of a game, a bunch of dunks early. Um, he did a good job of getting into the lane, making beautiful passes. He had a nice kick out in the corner to Kawhi Leonard for a three. He had a nice drop down pass. He is so good at those. To Avica Zubac for a finish. He had 11 points. Five rebounds, 13 assists, five of eight from the field, one of two from three. Just an efficient floor game for him. He was a plus 30 to lead the Clippers. A plus 30. Just a really good game overall for him. Uh, he was not your leading score though. That would be Paul George, who was very efficient from the field. 11 of 17, four of seven from three, three rebounds, six assists. Played very well. I'm just happy to see him coming back and looking good. Kawhi Leonard also looked good. 23 points, nine of 17 from the field, five of five from three. I mean, Kawhi is a sneaky, efficient three-point shooter. And I don't even mean sneaky because everyone knows he's a good shooter, but you would be surprised looking at just how efficient he is from three consistently over the last, you know, three, four years. Uh, Kawhi also had five rebounds and six assists of each Zubak, like I mentioned, twenty points, twelve boards. Really good game for him. Um, off the bench, Bones Highland played well, seventeen points, three assists, including one that was a beautiful no look behind the back dime to Westbrook for a slam. Really enjoyed seeing that. Norman Powell had eight points in twenty-three minutes. Mason Plumlee played six points, eight boards in eighteen minutes. Kenyon Martin didn't do a whole lot with his time. Uh actually he didn't play well at all. Like 0 for 4, 1 rebound, 1 assist, minus 17, but you really hope to see more, and the fact that Ty Lu is playing him more in some small ball kind of lineups at the 4, at the 5, you know, that sort of area, I do like the potential there with, you know, a guy like a Paul George and a Kawhi Leonard, guys who are bigger themselves in their own right, you know, and strong, so I do feel it kind of, in certain matchups, will cover up for Kenyon Martin's lack of height, him being, what, just 6 6, you know, but... He didn't have a good game this time. So we'll have to see kind of what happens moving forward with him. It's game one. It's not like it's a big deal. But at the same time, I definitely want to see more from him um, if Tyloo's going to give him the minutes. And I really feel Kenyon Martin, on a good team, has a chance to really be an impact player. For the Blazers, not a whole lot to talk about. Malcolm Brogdon off the bench, 23 minutes, 20 points. He had five assists as well. Efficient, one of the few. Eight of 16 from the field, three of five from three. Speaking of efficient, another player who was um, Robert Williams. 10 points, 7 boards, 5 of 7 from the field, really good for him. Uh, Scoot Henderson, listen, he played, and he ended up with 11 points, but most of that came in the second half. He kind of seemed rattled. A lot of turnovers. Um, I mean, he had 4 assists to 4 turnovers, so the ratio, they're not super great. 5 of 11 from the field, missed every one of the three threes that he took. Just didn't really make an uh, impact on the game, and he's a rookie point guard. Thrust in, uh, played a team-high 36 minutes. Like It's going to take time. Uh, but this wasn't super great. One guy who I was more concerned about that I thought was going to have a big step up, even while the team would be bad, did not have a, a, a resounding show of, of support with his play. And this one was DeAndre Ayton. 23 minutes, just four shooting possessions, four points. He did have 12 boards, three steals in a block, and that's great. Um, but I definitely want to see more of him on the offensive end. He, of all five starters, was dead last in terms of shots taken. Um, even Matisse Seibel took more. And he was 3-7 from the field, 2-6 from 3-8 points. Now, part of that could be Ayton battle foul trouble um he had five five fouls and you know because of that only played 23 minutes but like i said matisse theibel took more shots made more shots and played less minutes than eight so no like i'm not giving in a pass on that jeremy grant didn't have a great game 13 points three rebounds one assist five of 12 from the field oh four from three do better start playing better so you can be on a new team by the trade deadline Um, And Anthony Simons 18 points 4 assists 6 of 14 from the field 2 of 6 from 3 Off the bench Not a whole lot there Chris Murray Barely got any time I was hoping that he would Um, Already mentioned Brogdon and, and Williams Shaden Sharp uh, he was actually a plus 10, 14 points, six rebounds, three assists on six to 14 from the field, only one of six from three. But listen, this Blazers team, I mean, they didn't, they didn't crack 30 points in a quarter until the very last quarter, um, which is what made the game a little more respectable looking. They had mustered just 20 points in the first and just didn't seem to find, a consistent scoring. Just 31% from three. There's a few guys on this team that I am interested in watching moving forward. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, of course. I want to see how he is establishing himself on a new team. And, um, Anthony Simons. I want to see him stepping up now um, as he assumes a bigger offensive responsibility. Scoot Henderson. Want to see what he does, obviously, rookie year. Shaden Sharp, same thing. There's a few people on this team that I'm looking forward to. Chris Murray. But, like, as a unit, no. I, I think there's going to be a lot of ugly basketball for the Blazers. And it's unfortunate, but we'll be here. It's part of the game, right? Uh, Raptors held on against the Timberwolves 97-94 Just a well-balanced game from Scotty Barnes Who really stuffed the stat sheet Uh, Barnes finished with 17 points 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 blocks, 2 steals Didn't have the most efficient shooting night, but still was able to impact the game in a variety of facets, and as you can see, he had an N1, he was able to make an impact as a rim protector, really enjoyed his defensive tenacity and versatility on that end. Dennis Schroeder played well. your leading scorer for the Raptors, 22 points and seven assists, eight of 17 from the field, knocked down four threes as well. Um, OJ, and OBI and Pascal Siakam also combined for 35 points, uh, 14 rebounds, or 13 rebounds rather, and seven assists, and a combined seven to 14 from three. So really good from there. Both of them, struggled from two. Well, not both of them, really just Pascal Siakam. He was just 5 of 17 from two, but being 3 of 5 from three helped out a little as well with those seven rebounds and six assists, where OG helped more on the boards than, you know, with passing the rock. He had six rebounds to only one assist, but still played well. Yaka Perl, um, Seven points, 11 boards, only played 24 minutes, but some of that was just due to the pace of the game. I know late in the second half, he was waiting for about three minutes to get in the game, but there was no stoppages in play. No turnovers, no fouls. It was just like a back and forth, or no out of bounds turnovers, rather. um, Dead ball turnovers, rather. So, like, I think Jacopo would have definitely gotten more time. As it was, he basically split his minutes evenly with Precious Achua, who off the bench had eight points and eight rebounds. um, Gary Trent Jr., 27 points, or t- my fault, 27 minutes. Five points, two rebounds, two assists. I was like, I don't remember him scoring that much at all. Um, And then Jalen McDaniels, um, it wasn't a Jalen McDaniels versus Jaden McDaniels uh, matchup because Jaden McDaniels had strained his um, cap fit in the preseason. But, you know, Jalen scored about the same as Jaden did anyway. Um, Although, I will say Jalen gave you two rebounds and two assists. So, there you go. Um, For the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards was the leader in terms of offense consistently for the Wolves. But I feel like he just got tired as the game went on. He was Red hot to start the game, definitely cooled down to stretch. He had twenty six points, fourteen rebounds. Troublingly, so only one assist. Um, didn't really like to see that. Uh, on eight of twenty seven from the field, which was horrible. Four of seven from three, which was a lot better. And they made all six of his free throws. Right, nineteen points for Cromthing Towns along with ten boards. Fifteen points for Rudy Gobert along with thirteen boards. Um, Mike Conley played eleven minutes or uh, thirty one minutes and eleven points, four rebounds, three assists. I didn't really feel like he had like. And not that Mike Conley's the kind of guy to really put a stamp on the game and take control like that, but I definitely felt like he could have exerted a little more um, in terms of getting the ball involved. And, you know, they played a lot more through Anthony Edwards, but I definitely feel like Mike Conley could have been a little bit more than a floor spacer, of which he didn't really do that great of a job. Only one of four from three. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, probably wish he hadn't played this game. Uh, 23 minutes, of minus 17. And yeah, it looked about as bad as the plus minus showed. Two points, four rebounds, two assists for him. Off the bench, Kyle Anderson, Seven points, nine rebounds, five assists, but did not shoot the ball well. Three and nine from the field, missed the only three he took. And it reminded me just how long it takes for him to load up on his three-point shot. Like, slow-mo, and usually actually efficient despite the slowness of his shot. But no, that was not the case on that shot. I was like, whoa, okay. I mean, he had the time. They gave him the room, but woo-wee. Nas Reed, 10 points, four boards in 24 minutes. And then Shake Milton, 21 minutes, four points. Like, It was definitely a tight rotation that was ran by the Wolves uh, with only four guys off the bench getting run. So interesting, but the Raptors were able to hold out to win. Definitely want to see how the Wolves continue to move forward. I liked that Towns got almost as many shots as Edwards. I really think getting Towns the ball and asserting himself more will be big. He wasn't efficient this game, but there's hope, right? And then Rudy Gobert, I thought, had a solid game as well, although there was an ill-advised post-up late in the game um, that he wanted that Towns tried to give him that Towns tried to feed him on the turn to a turnover and a Raptors score to put the Raptors ahead for good. Um, I didn't like that play at all. Like, Rudy Gobert, you're not that guy. Stick to your strengths. But still, that was solid for him. So, happy to see that. The Celtics beat the Knicks in a fun game for Kristaps Porzingis, who was just on one all game for boston especially in the first quarter but he made his impact throughout he finished with 30 points eight rebounds four blocks eight of 15 from the field five of nine from three really played like the unicorn moniker that he earned early in his career uh jason tatum at 34 points 11 rebounds and four assists um, while Derek White contributed with 12 points, six rebounds and two assists, wasn't a great game for Drew Holiday, just nine points, four boards, two assists, four or 10 from the field, one of five from three. And honestly, he didn't have to shoot that much. I thought the Boston had enough bounce among, of course, Perzingis and Tatum. And then Brown, of course, took shots as well that he didn't need to. So he could have been a little bit more efficient, but Hey, you know, he still played decently well. Um, one guy who did not, in my opinion, was Jalen Brown. 11 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, a, a, a pretty big turnover late in the game, 4 of 11 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. I saw the Twitter text, like, he hasn't improved anything, or, you know, he still can't dribble his left hand, and that last part might be true, but, like, I just feel it wasn't a great game for him. I'm not using that as, like, a denouncement of his entire offseason regimen and preseason routine and everything, but, like, it didn't look super great. Besides, though, I mean, even with Boston, with his numbers being as bad as they were on a statistical standpoint. Like, he played with a lot of starters. They did make impactful gains throughout the game, and he finished a plus eight. So, the plus minus isn't always obviously indicative of, like, great play, but Brown was on lineups that succeeded for Boston throughout this game. Also, the bench for Boston just kind of sucked. Only four guys played. uh, Sam Hauser, Al Horford, Luke Cornett, and Peyton Pritchard um, all combined for 12 points. So, four people, 12 points, and really just two of them scored. So, that's you a little bit more from there. Hauser uh, contributed two rebounds, and that was that for him. Horford gave you eight points and seven rebounds, three of four from the field, two of three from three, and that was it for him. That was actually pretty good. Luke Cornette came, he saw, he grabbed a board. Two assists. That's it. And then Peyton Pritchard, fresh off the new contract, did not play like one. Um, that has one. He had four points, a rebound, and assist, one of four shooting, oh of three from three. Only 11 minutes, though. It was definitely, like I said, a tight rotation for Coach Joe Missoula. Um, as for the Knicks, I mean, they shot better from three, uh, 18 of 41. They definitely got them up, but that was because they were just abysmal Anything from anywhere else. They were 14 of 26 from the free throw line. If they had cashed in a few more of those free throws, they probably would have won the game. They also were abysmal from sh- two. They could not shoot a two-point shot to save their lives. 36 of 97, that's 37%, folks. I am not good at math, but I know that's not great. Uh, Julius Randle, 5 of 22. Jalen Brunson, 6 of 21. RJ Barrett, 8 of 20. Like These are all below 50% right? Dante DiVincenzo, 0 of 4. Mitchell Robinson, 1 of 4. And then you had some better shooting. Um, Isaiah Hardenstein, 3 of 4. Quinton Grimes, 4 of 7. Emmanuel quickly, 7 of 11. And then uh, quickly was also 5 of 7 from 3. Josh Hart, although he shot just 2 of 4 from the field, um, he shot 2 of 4 from 3. Uh, Quentin Grimes, 3 of 6, R.J. Barrett, 2 of 5, and then 3 of 8 for both Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. So the threes helped them out, and that really got going in the second half, I mean, the second quarter on, as they realized, like, okay, hey, we're not going to be able to finish around the basket. Let's start bombing away. Um, the leading score was R.J. Barrett, which is good to see. I mean, at this point, R.J., I don't have hopes of him being, like, a number one guy, even really a number two guy. I think he's going to be, like, more of an ancillary number three Andrew Wiggins type player. But if he can do more of that, I mean, 24, 3, and 2 actually is, like, Timberwolves, Andrew Wiggins numbers, if you think about it. But, fine. 8-20 from the field, 2-5 from 3, 6-7 from the free throw line. Like, my hope in Barrett is definitely waned, but, like, he can still be a productive player. And I would say he has been, just not worth the contract that maybe he's gotten, but, like, productive. Really good to see there. Julius Randle, geez, though. Like, 14 points, 11 boards, and 7 assists looks good. But 5-22, of 22, like, at what point do you go, hey, I am just don't have it tonight? Obviously, it took Randall 22 shots to get there, and then the time ran out. So, there you go with that. Um, Cavs beat the Nets 114-113. to 113. Nets had a chance to win at the very end, but Cam Thomas missed a tough shot. And mind you, it's hard to really blame Cam Thomas, who set a rookie record, or not a rookie record, an NBA record, a Nets record for um, a player off the bench in season debut Um Most points scored. 36 points. That was a stuttered line, wasn't it? Most points scored by a player in their season debut off the bench. 36 points, three rebounds, two assists, 13 of 21 from the field, two of five from three. He is a bucket. We know about Cam Thomas. The the question is, what can he do outside of that? And I mean, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, not a whole lot else. Like, obviously, he's just a scorer. And that's great, but it's going to limit his effectiveness in the game if he's not going to be able to do anything other than score. I think there definitely is a role for him there, but. Like, if he's trying to go for the minutes and the impact that he wants, it's not going to happen until he steps up and contributes in other facets of the game. And that didn't really happen uh, for Brooklyn. But in this case, it didn't have to because 36 points easily led the way for the Nets, who needed every one of those points. They had 20 points from Mikkel Bridges, who... um, had six rebounds and four assists as well but only 12 shooting possessions missed both of his threes eight and nine from the field so that's good but like as far as someone who's trying to be more of a high volume score um this wasn't a great step in the right direction and other than that you had 10 points from dennis smith jr 10 points from dorian finney smith 12 points from cam johnson and that was it for your double digit scoring folks that was it uh nick Claxton at seven points ben simmons at four points ten rebounds and nine assists four points for darren sharp Five points for Royce O'Neal and that was it for your scoring in general so definitely wanted to see a little bit more there and it wasn't like the Nets were terribly efficient um or they it wasn't like they were terribly inefficient right they shot 50% from the field they only made nine threes nine to 27 that's good for 33% but they needed what Cam Thomas brought to the table um but yeah, it didn't matter because Cleveland still were able to claw themselves to a victory um Donovan Mitchell hit the the ceiling game ceiling shot uh off of a Failed flop, or you could say a flopped flop, by Cam Johnson. Uh, Mitchell had 27 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals, 11-21 to 21 from the field. He had 4 of 10 from 3, including the one to seal the deal. Uh, 27 points also came from Max Drews, who made himself a heck of an impression on Cavs fans. 27 points and 12 rebounds. 9-17 from the field, 7 of 13 from 3. Darius Garland had 15 points and 5 assists. Isaac Corr had 18 points. 6 rebounds and 4 assists. Evan Mobley, 10 points, 6 rebounds, and an assist. Off the bench, Karras LeVert had 11 points in 31 minutes. Not for lack of time, he shot 4-17 from the field. 4 points for Damian Jones, 2 points for Ty Jerome, and again, a short bench for the Cavs. Every starter for Cleveland logged over 32 minutes, uh, and that was pretty much it, while Karras LeVert was the only guy off the bench who also logged Uh, Near that amount. He had 31 himself. So he obviously being the the super six man for the Cavs. George Niang, just not a whole lot there. Uh, 20 20 minutes, zero points, four rebounds. 0-3 from three. Uh, but yeah, Brooklyn, again, a team that defensively, they're going to be good. Because I like the way they play defense. I like the fact that it was a close game. Offensively, though, I i don't know what to say about that. Actually, I do know what to say. I don't think it's very good. Um, but we'll see kind of how they look and see who continues to stand out for Brooklyn. Does Mikel Bridges become that guy? My money's not on that, but it's possible. Um, does Cam Thomas show that, hey, I can do other things and be a guy who can get buckets? And maybe that earns me some more time in the eyes of, of Coach Jacques Vaughn to give me more minutes and, and make more of an impact on the floor on at least one end. Maybe that. That happens, Um, But aside from that, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie is a guy who kind of ebbs and flows offensively. I think Cam Johnson, I thought, made steps in the right direction last season, but, like, didn't look so good in my mind this preseason and, and up to now, so we'll see. I just want to see who else on Brooklyn is going to be your leading points guy, or is it going to be more of a by-committee thing? Because that can happen. I could see, like, five people averaging, like, between 15 and, 15 and 17 points a game. But, like, I don't know. I just don't know if that's going to be conducive to, like, a lot of wins for Brooklyn. But then again, I don't really have Brooklyn, you know, I have them more like a play-in territory. So, maybe it doesn't really matter. Last game to cover. Victor Wimbanyama's debut. One big man, I'm telling you, came in, made an impact, really helped their team down the stretch, get the win. And it wasn't Wimbanyama. Nope, that's right. It was Derek Lively. 16 points, 10 boards, a plus 20, a great pick and roll player to go alongside Luka Doncic. Constantly, you know, being able to get passes and finish inside, clean up misses and put back slams, really make an impact on the end of the floor. Only one block, but I thought he did good as a defender as well in the interior, really well done by him. Luka Doncic started kind of slow in my mind, didn't have the best shooting numbers, 13-25 from the field, 3 from 3, 4-7 from the free throw line, but Messed around and got himself a triple-double The second of the first two nights of NBA basketball He had 33 points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists Remember, Nikola Jokic got the first triple-double Of the first two NBA season days, if you will Um, Kyrie Irving did not shoot the ball well 10 of 24, 1 of 8 from 3 But the 1-3 that he did make came late in the 4th To really help the um, Mavericks take the lead for good Uh, Irving had 22 points and 6 assists Uh, Grant Williams played well Going to be so many open threes for Grant off of penetration from either Kyrie or Luka. And as long as Grant can sit down and cash those in, he's going to be well worth the contract he got and an impactful player for the Mavericks. He had 17 points, 6 rebounds, 4 of 8 from 3, 6 of 11 overall. Max Kleber had 6 points and 7 boards as well. Derrick Jones Jr. played. Didn't do a whole lot with that time. Literally. He got some cardio in. Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists for him, already mentioned Derek Lively, and then, of course, it was Josh Green who had 11 points, 3 of 5 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3, banked in a fun one that I saw, 2 rebounds and an assist. Um, aside from that, not a whole lot was going for the Mavericks. Short bench for them, just Exum, Green, Seth Curry, and Lively and Hardaway getting minutes, and honestly, Exum and Curry got less than 10. Um, so really, a lot of that went to their starters um, and Derek Lively, who really got the majority of the minutes over Derek Jones Jr. One thing I do worry about with these Mavericks is like if it's, the passes aren't coming from either Luka Doncic or Kyrie Irving or to a lesser extent Tim Hardaway Jr. Where are you getting your ball handling passing from? Because the Mavericks finish with 24 assists, which isn't super great. Uh, 24 assists on 47, um, 24 assists on 47 made shots, and Luka, Kyrie, and Hardaway combined for 20 of those assists. Luka and Kyrie combining for 16 of those. So, like, not a whole lot else aside from their ball movement-wise. And you don't really have those players. I mean, I guess you want down to XM to maybe assume more of that. Um, Seth Curry kind of has that in him. He's really more of a shooting guard. Max is not kind of that guy. Grant Williams, Derek Jones Jr. Like, it's really going through your two primary ball handlers. But you want to have other guys. If those guys are off the floor... If they end up getting injured, like, I definitely wonder how this team looks, and I don't like what I'm thinking so far. Um, Going to the Spurs, though, well, Minyama, listen, he struggled with foul trouble, struggled, struggled adjusting to the NBA game in terms of physicality from the defensive end, in my opinion, but he surged late. He made a bunch of clutch threes, he had 15 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, he had a block, um, 5 turnovers, which wasn't great, I already mentioned the 5 fouls, 3 of 5 from 3, 6 and 9 from the field, he played well. Um, but the Spurs were definitely going more through their guards. Uh, Basel um had 23 points, five rebounds, three assists, was cooking from mid-range. 9 of 17 from the field, a little less so from three, one of six. Uh, and then... Um Kelton Johnson also played well. 17 points, 9 rebounds, 1 assist short of his career high, 7 assists, 7 of 15 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3. Jeremy Sohan, who played at the point, which, I mean, you have to kind of put it there, even though he's not a point because you want to kind of get your best 5 players on the floor. He had 13 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. And Zach Collins played well. 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 6 of 10 from the field. Would have looked even better if he hadn't taken a 3 because he missed every one of the 4 threes that he attempted. Um... But he did, and it was a thing that happened off the bench. Chetty Osman, twelve points, two rebounds, or twelve points, two assists. Uh, had a nice reverse layup, made a couple of good threes, and then Trey Jones, who is really your only point guard on this Spurs team, um, even though Jeremy Sohan is like your nominal point guard starting. Ty Jones, Ty Trey Jones, pretty much split the minutes. Sixteen points, five of seven from the field, two of three from three, uh, five rebounds, six assists. I like the fact that he took threes. He hasn't really been a consistent three-point shooter in his career. But the fact he also took them like when team when players are going under on picks and like off the dribble. Like he took those threes with confidence. I think it's a great step in the right direction for Jones as he continues to improve. He's not his brother as a shooter, but if he can get even closer to that area, I think it'll be great. And this game was a first sign of that, in my opinion. Seven points, two rebounds, and two assists for Malachi Branham. And that was pretty much it for the Spurs, who could not even get a shot attempt in the last two minutes. Like They went away from Winanyama for reasons only they know. Um, The Mavericks' defense definitely tightened up, and the Spurs had a few more turnovers. Uh, For the record, the Spurs had 19 turnovers for the game. 33 assists, so still pretty good. Everyone who played for San Antonio got an assist, which is nice. Um, But 19 turnovers, especially those late in the game, really came back to bite them. And Luka Doncic came up with a dagger three, just coming up clutch to really put the Mavericks ahead for good. All right, y'all. So, games tomorrow or games tonight rather 76ers will be playing the Milwaukee Bucks that'll be a game to look at for sure that is the season uh debut for both teams and then the Lakers fresh off of a loss against the Nuggets will play the Suns fresh off of a win against the Warriors those will be the only two games for tonight so that'll be a short but fun Thursday night to look forward to but that is it for this edition of Rumble Ramble want to thank you again for rocking with me here really appreciate you all check me out on twitter at corbin nba c-o-r-b-a-n-n-b-a check out sports ethos on twitter at sports ethos thank y'all so much and for myself i am frosty y'all stay frosty and i'll talk to y'all real real soon bye y'all